how are you getting on? Welcome to Counter Up Pod, the podcast dedicated to all things Major League Rugby. I'm Killian Gowan, and you're very welcome to this edition of Counter Up Pod. On today's pod, we have the interview with CEO of X-Blade, Slayton Richards. We'll look back at the game between Nolan Gold and Capital Select, and we'll round up all the news that happened this week in Major League Rugby. Well, I hope everybody is having a, a good start of the week. And uh, thanks for joining on Counter Rook Pod. It's been uh, it's been a while since I've uh, released a pod for a couple of reasons. Most notably, actually, I'm at, uh, organizing a lot of the uh, rugby for the uh, the team here in, in Lynchburg, Blackwater Rugby Club. We're in our off season and we're getting all of our preseason training done. So that's taken a lot of my focus. So I'm sure you guys can uh, understand my delay, but um, no doubt you've had your fill with um, a whole host of rugby. What being in the Champions Cup, um, seeing a bit of the uh, Nola, Nola Gold game on live on Facebook and. Uh, even cashing up on some of the games there in uh, Houston being the Sabercats uh, versus Uruguay and um, yeah uh, James Bay as well so um, like I said I did have the opportunity recently actually to chat with the CEO of X-Blades uh, Mr. Leighton Richards and I opened up the interview by asking him how did the opportunity between X-Blades an Australian company and Major League Rugby come about? Came, the opportunity came to us through your network um, from one of our investors over here who's, uh, who's US um, born and, and raised and um, as, you know, as lots of business opportunities come through networks we heard about about the league starting up and um, obviously Australia and New Zealand are areas of the world that play rugby um, you know, pretty seriously and to a high standard, so the opportunity came to us through that that way, and we're delighted to be involved. Uh, I would have been familiar with X-Blades through your involvement with the likes of Gloucester and London Irish, so it was quite surprising, obviously, to see your uh, your brand reach across the Atlantic, and one of the things that surprised me as well was typically U.S. models, well, actually not surprising, typically the U.S. Uh, market has been one sports apparel company, one league example being Reebok, NHL, Nike, NFL. Was there ever a case where each of the seven teams might have gone down their own individual uh, partnerships? Look, those, those that you, you are correct in that, uh, that, that model is very typical in the United States. Uh, not so much, um, you know, over, over in other countries. But uh, normally those decisions are made uh, by the league, um, particularly in this case, the league was in its foundation and formation stage. So it had the very unique advantage of aligning all of the foundation teams with the one uh, business model. Um, and, and so it's probably more a question from their side than ours, but uh, we were approached always on the basis that it was the entire league's um, association and that, that clearly made it more appealing to us um, as a brand that's specialising in, in rugby. I think the nice thing about it was you see a lot of the generic kind of cookie-cutter templates in the likes of the NFL and the MLS, but in this instance, and it's been widely reported, not just in the social media forums, but just from general conversation, how bespoke each of the designs were. How involved were each team when it came to designing each of the kits? Absolutely, it's 
a great point. Um, it's something that X-Blades is really proud of, not just in the United States of Major League Rugby, but also our existing sponsorships across the world. We always pitch a very bespoke approach. We feel that clubs need their own identity and their own DNA uh, as part of that um, yeah, part of that uh, presentation to their supporters and fan base. Um, so the clubs are heavily involved. The design process, when you approach it bespoke, is very time-consuming, and everyone has a, a different spin on the designs that they want. Uh, so we have to break our team up into the two approaches, half league and one designer, half league on the other designers, and uh, we allowed the club to have a full brief and input into the designs, lots of uh, redesigning to get the uh, to get the bespoke designs as, as they hoped. So yeah, they had a very large involvement. Oh, that's interesting. And, and what, when did that process start? I mean, we obviously got word of X-Blades about, you know, bef- about a month before Christmas, but when was the communication, the dialogue between X-Blades and Emma Lohr? When did that start? It started about mid-year last year, so already that's very late in, in the process to be able to do uh, the bespoke design process we just talked about. Um, but we really got started around October, so we've been able to turn this around uh, quite fast with the clubs. Uh, the clubs have been fantastic to deal with. They were very clear on what they wanted, and as any design process goes, it's, it's garbage in, garbage out. If you know what you want at the start, then the output is much easier, and that's what fortunately we were, we were lucky to have. It's an exciting time for the league, obviously, but I think one of the things from a marketing point of view is that you're now opening up a market with CBS Sports to potential TV audience of 57 million people. As a CEO of a sports apparel company like X-Blades, that's obviously very exciting, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, in, you know, US markets are very big marketing sports. Um, I've had some experience working in the US market in the past and um, just to understand how fanatical uh, the your sports lovers are over there. I think there's lots of interesting things developing. Obviously, NFL is under um, a lot of pressure with concussion issues. Rugby still has some concussion uh, incidents, but not to the same degree. I think the US, the US fan has a love of combat sports, and rugby really suits that. Um, but for us, back to your question around being involved in a brand and entering the US market, it's, it's really exciting. Uh, it was icing on the cake that CBS Sports picked up the broadcast. In fact, right now as we talk, you know, the, the Patriots are playing the Jaguars and CBS Sports and you see the, um, the coverage and see how professional it is. So um, it's very exciting for us and we think the sport is growing and uh, it, it should be very popular in the United States. There was a study done by the ESPN over here um, in relation to team sports and uh, the rate of growth, and it's without doubt that rugby union is certainly the uh, the fastest growing team sport here. But I think the CBS deal has really, as you put it there rightly, the icing on the cake for any potential investors uh, to this league. Um, finally, then Leighton, and I, I, the last question I wanted to ask you was, what kind of partnership off the field in terms of marketing? Can X-Blades help uh, with Emma Lore to help grow the 
obviously because we've seen failed pro leagues in the past but this seems different this league seems different a, com- a combination of obviously the the X-Blade, with X-Blades and CBS Sports and all the great marketing that each individual team is but from X-Blades point of view my last question would be what can what will X-Blades be doing to help grow this MLO to become a viable and successful league yeah, look, at, I think success of, success of leagues or start-up sports is really multifaceted. It's, a, it's not just the partners who provide sponsorship money to, to fund the growth, but it's the infrastructure of stadiums, it's, the, as you said, the broadcast deal, it's the fan base, it's the location, it's the timing of when these sports emerge. Uh, and I think all of these things seem to be in sync, um, where we do our part, I think we we are very focused on specialised products. As I said, head to toe, not just uh, on-field apparel or off-field apparel, but certainly football boots or cleats, as you might call them in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's really the DNA of X Blades is uh, football boots, and uh, we do a lot of research out here with universities to show that. You know, tackling sports need different footwear because of the forces that go through your feet when you tackle, as opposed to you know, soccer or football, um, as it's called in Europe. Uh, you know, they're not footwear's not designed for those tackling forces. So, um, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of areas around just pure sponsorship, but also bringing products and specialisers said to the sport that can reduce injuries, that can enhance performance. Yeah. Um, and we're really excited about uh, that journey. Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly not a market right now that's flooded with the like, you know, specialised rugby um, rugby brands. Um, obviously, BLK got out of the market last year with the US national team. I laugh at the word cleats. I'm, I'm not American myself, so I find it very funny when I hear the likes of cleats being branded about. But um, And also, I, I, but I, I believe that you have, you've obviously launched your latest, uh, your latest boot, but you're also giving, uh, there's also a partnership with each of the players in the squads that they're getting a pair of boots or a pair of cleats, rather. That's correct, right? They're yeah, all... that's, yes. Correct, correct. So um, we do not just the apparel, but we have a uh, footwear deal with each each team as well. Excellent. Well, Lathan, thank you very much for joining Counter Rock Pod, and uh, I wish yourself uh, and the company and the partnership with MLOR all the success for the next coming years. Thank you. We appreciate the support and the coverage of the of the sport. It's an exciting time. Yeah, so look, moving on to uh, looking, moving on to looking on or looking back at the Nola Gold game against the Capital Select side. Um, I thought it was very impressive from Nola Gold, um, based on uh, what I saw on Facebook. The likes of uh, JP Eloff there playing fifteen. You know, it's a nice addition having him there because you know he can play off second receiver. You know, um, or rather play as a second receiver. So it kind of gives uh, it gives your halfbacks there kind of you know more option and takes the pressure off uh, their ten uh, Taylor Houghton. Um, JP has played twelve as well in the past, so um, you know it's a nice it's just kind of a nice option to give. Um, his kicking was flawless, and I think that's going to be something that you know. A lot of people are kind of discussing like the different kind of variations of kind of uh, phase structure in the games, like pods. But I mean, get your bread and butter right. If you can't scrum, if you can't line out, if you can't kick your points, 
um, you're not going to get anywhere in this league and for somebody like JP to have something like 9 out of, or 10 out of 11 kicks and uh, you know even pitching with a bit of a try himself that's going to go a long long way and um, I actually know JP from my time up in Chicago and he's a really kind of a quiet kind of type of guy but um, you know incredibly fast great passer of the ball and uh, you know he can he's easily uh, he can easily slot in a 10 12 and as you saw against the Slex 15, so somebody of that versatility is going to be really good uh, for the for Nola Gold. Um, one of the things I kind of was looking at it was I, I loved the way how I loved the way how their winger um, uh, Tico Sava Tico Suva the uh, blindside winger. You know you don't often see blindside wingers coming in that often during I suppose you know phase play and being so active and looking for the ball and certainly in the middle of the park and it's uh you're generally kind of told as a winger to kind of stay out your wings and you know keep the wit but i love seeing wingers who are that hungry and coming in and just trying to get themselves within the mix and he was certainly one of those wingers that if you look at him whenever there was a kind of an opportunity to kind of you know have a kind of a line break he was certainly involved um right in the mix and you know it's just it just it's a hunger that you know you want but uh, it's 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 coming in off the middle that kind of surprises the defenders, um, it's just it's just it's just uh, it's just really cool to see. Um, I thought Cam uh, Cam Follen did a huge amount of work um, as a tight head. Uh, he scrummed well, lifted well, but obviously he carried well as well. And um, as a tight head, you know, he just had a huge shift about him. Um, Taylor Hotton, I don't know if you saw the kick of him. I watched the game myself, and I was, you know, I was. It was a deft little kick. He did a, a banana kick. Uh, he was on the right. It was the first half, and near the end of the first half, and he was uh, kicking to a line out, and he was right. So Taylor's right footed. So instead of kind of doing um, uh, you know, one of those over under kicks or a spiral kick, he did a banana kick. So kind of his foot went from like out to in to out again, and just the flight of the ball kind of. Allowed him to get that extra couple of yards, and it's a uh, it's it's skill you don't really see that often in rugby. But um, you know, I meant as a right footer, right footed kicker, he got a few uh, extra yards for his forwards to, uh, you know, mount a, a line out. And um, so yeah, if you get a chance, look at that. I think it's like the thirty fifth, thirty sixth minute of the game. Uh, what else? I thought the line out D, as I said, was very good. I mean, Nola didn't allow capital select any opportunity to get into the game and to be fair to their out half and capital select they did kick uh, well i mean when it was now when they're kind of getting stifled in attack and they knew that there was nothing on to release a pass or you know they weren't getting anywhere with their pods um their kicker made a right choice to kick downfield and um just try to keep the ball in their territory but you know Capital couldn't get uh, any kind of uh, clean possession off the lineouts. The lineout D for Nola was very good. The, uh, whoever was jumping out of uh, first channel really disrupted a lot of ball and turned over a lot of good ball as well. So, you know, when you couple, you know, the likes of JP playing 15, you can be a second receiver and great kicker. And um, their winger coming in out of, the, out of the flanks into the midfield looking for work and then a strong lineout D. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of things that, you know, you can build, you know, a, have a culture or a strong kind of, uh, you know, this is what my team is about. I mean, you look at Saracens in England, they're always about, you know, very strong defence, very good kick-chase game. You know, something like Nola Gold's kind of niche could be, 
you know a very strong kick game great line out d and like i said you know wingers coming from the from the out in looking for work um so yeah impressive overall it's gonna be interesting to see now how um the capital select slide do against houston sabercats i think that'll give us a better indication about you know how different these teams are because um nola made very light work of that squad um so let's just see how the uh houston how, how houston go against them you know speaking of houston um they're playing a lot of games i'm i just hope um i just hope it, they don't burn out you know i mean i understand their point of view is to obviously generate hype interest for a new team and doing phenomenal work at that but at the same time you know it's a long it's going to be a long season for those boys and um I just I don't want to see any I hate to see any burnout against uh, when for the, when the actual league kicks off you know so um, uh, it's just something that I'm kind of calling now I hope I hope obviously uh, they rotate the squad and it's not going to be an issue for them later on so just to round up on uh, all of the themes really that's been on all the news is going on um, uh, guys I told you not to worry about San Diego I, I didn't, I, didn't I say it I called it here in Counter Pod they're going to be announcing a lot of lot of players and uh, yeah they didn't fail to uh, deliver there's a lot of uh, Eagles in that squad that are gone off now to the America's Cup and um, you know you got Ryan Ma- um, Mattis winger you know you got Mike Teo fullback Cam Dolan number 8 uh, Dylan Osley a centre Ben Seamett out half and uh, Nate Augsburger as a scrum half, great signing, and uh, Tony uh, Purpura as well as a as a tight head. So I mean, there's some great signings there, um, some really strong kind of players, especially in um, their halfbacks as well, Nate and Ben. So um, yeah, I'm telling you now, I, I'm 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 tipping them as my dark horse for this year, uh, with them and in Glendale as second. Uh, going looking to Utah now they've got a few guys in the squad for the America's Cup they've got Josh Whippy um, uh, Paul Lazicki interesting story for the people outside the States Paul Lazicki actually is a New Zealander came over and uh, had a stint at I want to say Chicago no Chicago Bears as a running back or as a fullback um, one or two seasons and um then went back playing rugby as well, but he's a first center anyway, and he's, he's signed with the Utah Warriors. So um, really strong uh, ball carrier. You can see him crashing up quite a bit, and uh, Utah making the most of his talents. And then they've got a um, um, Matt Jensen at uh, his second row as well, who's gone to the uh, U.S. side. A huge news though that's been confirmed with the Utah Warriors is that they're now going to be playing in the uh, grounds at um, Real Salt Lake on the uh, Zion Bank Stadium beautiful facility there 5000 seater stadium um have a, they have a 40 foot scoreboard as well so uh it's going to be um a really really cool fan fan experience as well and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing that stadium full up with a uh, full of utah warriors fans i did actually notice when i was going through the warrior squad and um, those who follow connect um back in the day you might remember this guy uh, Vanny Colo, he was a centre for Connacht. He's he's been around. I'm not going to say he's been around. He's played in a lot of leagues, but um, he's actually signed up for Utah as well. So it's a uh, God. He must be around. He must be in his early thirties now, at least. But nonetheless, a super super uh, signing for the Warriors. Uh, going on to uh, Raptors. 
their coaching ticket has moved over, has uh, been on tour recently. I think they're just back today um, over in England where uh, Mike Bullock, director of rugby, Dave Williams, head coach, and uh, Kieran Browner as well. They met with uh, London Irish uh, kind of general manager, Nick Kennedy, um, just kind of understand about the structure of the club, you know, how to run a club with that aspect, from that aspect rather. Uh, they also, while they were in London, they met with the um, academy staff at Harlequins, you know, because obviously Glendale are obviously building their own academy and they're learning from the likes of Harlequins, who have got a very successful academy, the likes of Marcus Smith, Danny Kerr, Hugo Monia, all these guys came from that academy. Um, but the most interesting visit that these guys did was when they went to visit, uh, and this is a bloody great name, the CEO of BAT, Tarquin McDonald. Uh, and they spoke with Tarquin uh, about possible exchange program, not just for the players in Glendale Raptors, but also for the players at uh, BAT, squad players who need game time. So, um, you know, it's kind of like a player exchange program, which would be brilliant. And they had, a, they had an evening as well where they spoke with the head coach there, um, Todd Blackadder. Um, their season tickets are also on sale today, mind you. So uh, if you're a Glendale fan and you're in the area and you want to get tickets, they are officially on sale today. Um, in relation to the players, they do have some representation for the America's team. They've got uh, Ben Laundrie, second row, uh, Sean Davis, scrum half, Bruce Campbell, uh, first centre, and uh, Will McGee out half. So, uh, yeah, that's um, that's going to be an interesting. It's going to be an interesting time, especially the program. I'm, I'm I'm hoping to see some good young kind of English talent come over here, and also vice versa as well. Get some good American players over in England and uh, learn from a you know a really successful and historic club as well in Bath. Uh, news for Seattle: not much to be honest. They do have one representation in the squad in uh, open side flanker Aliden Schrimmer. Um, but to be honest now, in terms of any major announcements, not really. Um, Seattle are kind of working a lot on their fan base right now, doing a lot of fan uh, engagement in relation to what kind of, uh, I suppose, celebrations, what kind of, you know, in-match kind of um, activities they want uh, They want their fans to be uh, taking place. And, you know, for example, when the team comes out, do they do they uh, come out to the team tune of Jaws? Or when the, te- when the team scores, do they... Uh, do they shake their towels like they do in the uh, Seattle um, Seahawks? Seattle Seahawks are very much, you know, all about like creating like, a huge noise in their stadium and you know shaking the towels. Or uh, there's all like these little gimmicks that they do. And I think Seattle are kind of following their uh, football, their football neighbors. But to be honest, very quiet from the Seattle aspect in terms of major news. Um, but that's all right. Um, Houston Sabercats. Uh, God, I think Houston Sabercats are probably uh, well documented that you don't really need to do any kind of publicity on them anymore. But to be fair, uh, they had a great win against James Bay. Uh, again, that guy, Josiah Vici, was uh, outstanding seemingly. Um, he's just going to be a real, real good talent on the wing. I, I can see him scoring a bucket load of tries. Um, I'm actually going to... I, you know, I, of course, it's very hard to see the games uh, unless, uh, they're not, unless they're on television. Um, but... Grant Cole is doing a great job there, but there is a certain person I want to call out from my own personal uh, side of things. We, uh, we've we seen now in the American League, the American squad, that Dylan Fawcett has uh, just joined up the American squad. Dylan is a, uh, a man from Wexford, Ireland, the same uh, county where I'm from in Ireland. 
and uh, no doubt once um, New York Rugby Club or uh, maybe Ontario Arrows uh, formalise their squad, Dylan will be uh, picked up by one of those teams. So that's one Wexford man that will be playing in the Major League Rugby. But there is a second man, would you believe? There is a second man. And he also has the record of being the tallest ever schoolboy to play for Ireland. And his name is Justin Allen. Now, all, Justin did leave Wexford at a very young age. Um, he went up and uh, played... Uh, for Ulster schoolboys, but bear in mind uh, we have no problem claiming guys for our own. But uh, so Justin Allen is playing second row for Houston Sabercats, and um, yeah, he's a he's a man from uh, da, 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 da. God, where is he from? Out near Duncannon, I believe. Uh, Duncannon, or near. Uh, of course, this is completely relevant <laughs> to the majority of my listeners who uh, don't even know where Wexford is. But uh, Justin, if you're listening. Um, yeah, shout out to Wexford, man. Fair play to you. Um, of course, Houston are playing their their capitals that game on Terra February. So, uh, like I said, it'll be a good indication on where they stand, especially versus NOLA. Uh, and, of course, the select will have more time together as well, so no doubt they'll put it up to them. Um, NOLA goals, like I said, a good win, strong win against uh, the select side, 68-15. Um, I thought Sebastian Coleman, uh, Sebastian Cam, sorry, apologies, the uh, young number eight from Chile, you know, really astute, really strong ball carrier from the base of scrum. He picked up two tries there in the game and also the man in the match. And, you know, he gives the team real kind of go forward, um, go forward momentum. And, uh, you know, he's going to be some player that I can imagine be on the team of week, teams of the week. Um, for quite a for for a lot of it because he's just really strong ball carrier, no nonsense, uh, smart player as well. You can see him controlling the ball at the base of his foot when when the scrum is moving forward as well. So he's a good footballer and uh, you know a certain certainly a great talent to have on the Nola squad. Um, their season tickets have also been released. As well, they're going to charge um, for a season ticket as for one hundred and twenty dollars. So that's six home games, and you know, I think you get something like a beer as well or games. So it's not bad value. Uh, and I think there's another uh, there's another kind of something that they'll hand out as well. So yeah, if again if you're in the New Orleans area, I definitely get a get your hands on one of those tickets. And you know, sport club as well. Ryan Fitzgerald, as I said, is a top lad, and uh, so is JP as well. So um. You know, they've got some, if nothing else, they've got some good folk down in that squad. Um, that's pretty much it, guys. You know, it's. Uh, I am hoping to make an announcement on a um, potential co-host. Um, it's something that I've been working on in the background, and uh, it's something that I think would be great for uh, the listenership as well. Somebody who's very close to the game, knows the game well, and um would be a great benefit a great addition to the counter rook pod as well so of course guys if you have any questions any comments anything really you want to mention um please do get in touch at kig's gown on twitter or you can email me at uh, counter at gmail.com and of course please uh, do uh, like and subscribe this podcast on whatever podcast app you do uh, use yourself but guys um enjoy the six nations let's hope for uh, an irish win i'm gonna call it now i'm gonna say ireland win- ireland by ireland by seven um too much inexperience in that french lineup and uh you know it's weird going into the six nations especially against france away in the first game and uh, being fairly confident but uh, i think joe schmidt has a clean bit of health to um 
pick from and there's just too much experience in the Irish team to put away a very unexperienced and uh, to be honest with you rudderless uh, French team uh, okay all the best good luck